And we're back. Yeah. This is and we're back. Five? Episode five. five. Episode five. Two clowns and a goat. Five episodes in, what have you learned? I've learned that this is uh, it's more fun than I thought it was. It is a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I was a little bit worried that we weren't going to have five hours of content, but it's... It's hard it's, cutting it down. Yeah. Watching the clock. Yeah. I agree. It's been, it's been a fun ride. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Uh, so um, last time we talked about... Force Fen's treasure hunt, and that might be our best solution to solving our issues in the future. Not having to sit behind a desk and stuff. Maybe we could go on a treasure hunt. I did a little research. I say we get into it, do a little analyzing. Okay, I did no research, and okay. I, I agree. Well, the poem is very interesting. It is. And if you haven't looked it up, he wrote a poem. He spent 15 years writing a poem, which is just amazing in and of itself. Yep. 15 years picking out every single word. Every word matters. It's really insane. It's supposed to be like, uh, what I kept like seeing is there's nine like clues. There are nine clues. In his book, he said that there are nine clues. Yeah. There are six stanzas. Apparently, the first stanza, the fifth stanza, and the sixth stanza are mainly only important once you find the treasure. Like, it, it basically says he's giving you title to the treasure, and those are, like, the stanzas that you present to your lawyer to say, hey, listen, this is rightfully mine. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. That's, that's good thinking by him. Yeah, it is. Because, like, in the last one it says, uh, I give you title to the gold. And in the first one it's like, I've done this kind of willingly. I wasn't forced to do it. Okay. This is my decision. Okay. So I watched this video. There's a 15-minute video of these two like old people analyzing this poem. And Force Fan has come out and said that the very first of the nine clues is begin it where warm waters halt. That was exactly good because that's where I thought, all right, this is the yep. first clue right here. That is the first clue. Now, the other thing is that all nine clues are contiguous. So they're in a row. Okay. So they're contained in stanzas two to four. Right. So we can just cut everything else out. You can cut three stanzas out until you find it. All right. right? So this this video I was watching said there are three kind of types of clues. The first four clues are directional. So that's begin it where warm waters halt, take it in the canyon down. The third one is not far but too far to walk. And four, put in below the hum of ground. Okay. So those are directional. And... Apparently, there's been a couple people that have solved these first clues, and they've talked to Force Fen about it, and he's claimed that once you solve those, you're like 200 or 300 feet away from Can you imagine how maddening that would be? Yeah. Yeah, you're really close. Keep looking for it, guys. Oh, that would drive me insane. So at that point, once you figure out what it means, put in below the home of Brown, you are are within 200 to 300 feet of the million-plus treasure. Okay. Then, the next stanza is environmental. Alright, so, it's no place for the meek, the end is ever drawing near, there'll be no paddle up your creek, just heavy loads and water high. Alright, that is like, once you're in the right spot, now you're there, and you have to look for this environment once you're there. Right. And then the last thing is like a conditional. Once you've been wise and found the blaze once you see the blaze you look down and you find the treasure okay so that's so 
That's it. Now, there's three really tough parts of this. One, the very first clue, begin at where warm waters hold. Right. Who knows where that is? Now, he's he's given us a map. It's somewhere uh, above, north of Santa Fe, in like a region from like the Rocky Mountains up to Montana, I believe. Yeah. So, first you got to figure that out. Fly around to cover. Yeah. And this is taking the canyon down, not far but too far to walk, so that people think that's like a road. So once you find out where to start, you take the road from a couple miles, and then you put in below the home of Brown. That's the second hardest part. No one has any idea what the home of Brown is. Some people think it might be like Adobe Huts because they're like mud and brown, but it's, it's capitalized. capitalized. Yeah, it's got to be some sort of name. It's got to be some sort of name, but there's a lot of brown names in that region. So no one has any idea of that. And when it says put in below the home of Brown, they some people think it means put in like a canoe into the water. Like, put in. I don't know. Um, and the Okay, the other interesting thing is, in the directional clues, there are a couple things about going down. Down and below the home of Brown. So it's kind of like you start high and you come down. You think it's some sort of bridge, maybe? I don't know. And then in the environmental clues, uh, you get uh, up your creek and water high. So you get kind of like a, you go down to the right spot... And then environmentally, you got to look up or something. Maybe there's a waterfall. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Like that whole like stand right there is like, yeah. a waterfall. Come on. Now, I think the most important part, though, is, and this is what I think the people that have gotten 200 feet away but haven't found it is, they haven't solved, if you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down your quest to cease. Yeah, I didn't know what a blaze was. No one knows what the blaze is. I didn't know what the blaze is. was. I saw something that said maybe it's uh, like a rainbow formed off a waterfall or something. That puts it in a hole. Like, that means you got to find it at the right time of day. I know. Perfectly. So I have no idea what's going on. Three or four or five people have died looking for the treasure. Forrest Fenn claims that he made two trips to the spot with the treasure. Two trips in one day. And it's he went and he parked his car and he walked. And then he did that twice in the day. So it can't be that... It can't be, yeah, it can't be too far from a It's not true. And he's like an 80-year-old guy when, he, no when he hit it. There's no way it would be that hard to answer. You shouldn't be dying looking for it. It's very interesting. If you can find out where Warm Waters Halt, the home of Brown, and this blaze, you've got you've got the money. Okay, so Warm Waters Halt, the only thing I think of is like maybe some sort of uh, hot spring. Okay, I've seen hot spring. I think something that makes more sense, though is a river going into a lake. Warm waters of the river halt. Okay. And that would kind of give in to the whole waterfall thing yeah. somewhere. There's a lot of water references. But he claims it's not underwater. It's not in a cave. It's not underground. He literally just buried it somewhere. I don't think he buried it. You think he buried it? No. Wait, it, it, so if he didn't bury it, what do you do? I don't know. It might be like in a tree or something. I don't know. Some people think it's behind a waterfall. That would be the best thing possible. Yeah. That would be so cool to me. It's insane. But I also read that when he hid this, he had cancer. Yeah, because he thought he was going to die. He was going to die. And what he wanted to do was hide the treasure and then kill himself over the treasure so his bones would be on it. Like in the Goonies. <laughs> That's really, really cool. Really, really creepy. Yeah. And it would, like, because it would suck if someone found it 
like five years after he died because his body's not dead yet. Yeah. It's just kind of... Rotting still. Okay. Very interesting. Also, this guy, he's very, like, eccentric. He got a bell, like a wrought iron bell that you could ring. And he went into, like, the, the prairies of the Rockies, somewhere in Colorado. He dug three feet down and buried it. And the inscription said, like, if you find this in a thousand years, ring the bell so I can hear. Or something. Nice. He's like, this guy's a beast. I don't know, man. It's crazy stuff, but I feel like I've only been researching this like a day, and I feel like I'm like on the right path. Yeah, you're caught up with everybody else. Well, I think it's it definitely like that would just be so cool. You go up to Wyoming, Colorado, and you just start like you know yeah. we'll start right here. I know. It's very interesting. I think it'd be a great summer thing. I completely. agree. You go out there for two or three months. You just look for it. You video the whole thing. You put it on YouTube as you go. You can live stream this on Twitch. Yeah, you could Twitch it. Looking for Forrest Finn's treasure. <laughs> Did you see? Completely unrelated. The NFL might actually stream games on Twitch. I think it'd be smart. I think it'd be really smart. They need to get ahead of the curve. But yeah, the whole Amazon Prime thing might actually work out for them. Yeah, that's that's good. Smart, smart move by them. Uh, so yeah, that is where I am with the poem. We can go forward from there, but to all our listeners, you know, have a good good understanding of, of where the key points are that you need to solve, and good luck. If you want a more in-depth podcast about it, I think NPR did one, because every time I Googled this, NPR <laughs> just kept popping up. So that's our competition with this. Uh, and I say that, I think we're using the map that NPR actually created for that, so kind of a double whammy there. i got to read the book, actually, because the book, uh, Beyond the... Ch- Behind the Chase or something I think it's called is really? is where he presented the, the map okay. and the clues. And apparently he wrote another book and he said that there's a there's a pretty obvious clue in the foreword of the book. Dude. Yeah. That's so cool. Like yep. this guy's just like, all right, you guys suck. Let me hand out another clue. Yeah. Buy my book. Yeah. It really works out. He's got a good business plan. He's a, he's a legend, dude. Uh, he's an absolute icon. <laughs> like whenever someone finds this, What's going to be after that? Like, this is literally the last great treasure hunter I know. I know. I know. They should probably make another one. They should. There should be some company out there that just got, all right, we're just going to make treasure hunts for people. That'd be so that fun. That would be awesome. Uh, wow. Dude, that'd be a great, like, that'd be a great YouTube channel. It would be. Like, two treasure hunters. They vlog their days. Oh they vlog gosh. the clues. I don't know. I think people would watch. I don't know either. Like, the only thing is, like, you got to make it, which I think he kind of almost hit perfectly, is, like, hard enough to keep it interesting, but not easy enough to solve. Exactly. Exactly. But, like, imagine if we started a YouTube channel, we called it Treasure Hunters, or something like that, and we went out to Colorado this summer, we looked for Forrest Fenn's treasure, we analyzed the clues, we talked to locals. Talking to locals? we, We hike in the woods. Encounters with wildlife. People would subscribe to us like crazy. Oh, yeah. It'd be great. And then we'd find it. And then we'd do another one. Like in South America. Like I bet there's one down there, maybe. I don't know. I'm sure there is. We can go find like some... Figure out how to scuba. Yeah. Scuba for some (laughs) forgotten treasure ship. A little submarine. I'm sure there's something down there. 
20,000 leagues under the sea. Gonna lose ourselves in Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> I don't know. It's exciting. It's it exciting. Very it very, very so much is. I'm going to keep analyzing it. If I find anything else, I'll come back to the podcast, tell you about it next week. We'll have, we'll have a major breakthrough session. But that is what I have for you right now. All right. So do with it what you will. All right. So <laughs> let's move on because uh, should we cl- declare this Dennis Rodman Day? Yeah. I think so. I think we should. This is officially now Dennis Rodman Day, May 1st. May 1st, 2018, Dennis Rodman. He's Could he win the Nobel Peace Prize? I think he should. I mean, after how many years have they been at war? I don't actually know. More than 10. 30? I don't 30 know. sounds right. But, so Dennis Rodman, you said he gave uh, Kim a little yep. <laughs> art of the deal book. So Dennis Rodman came out today, May 1st. And said that he he last visited North Korea as an amateur ambassador because he's buddies with Kim Jong Un. Right. And he gave him Donald Trump's Art of the Deal, the book. And this was in 2017. I don't know what month, but he claims that the thawing of relations <laughs> and the recent turnaround on the Korean Peninsula is partly due to the fact that he gave him Trump's book, and that Kim Jong Un read it and he's had a change of heart because of it. So Dennis Rodman, he doesn't want all the credit. He, he's a reasonable guy. Yeah, no, you can't give him He's all the a credit. total reasonable guy. He doesn't want all the credit, but he wants a little recognition. <laughs> and I have no problem giving it to him. I don't either. I mean, because, you know, 20 years from now, what do we want to remember him for? I think he's in the history books. I do too. I think making sure that children everywhere know the name of Dennis Rodman and yeah. ambassador is going to be really important in American history. He has transcended the basketball court. He's giving amateurs everywhere... Uh, an ideal to look up to. <laughs> he should be our idol. We're amateur. Dude, have you seen, um, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah. Have you seen the movie with him and Dennis Rodman? <laughs> I don't think I have. I think it was like early. I didn't even know Dennis Rodman was an actor. It was like early to mid-90s, and Dennis Rodman had like purple hair, and he had like the nose rings and stuff, and him and Jean-Claude Van Damme made like a classic Van Damme movie. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I don't even remember what it's called. You would love it. Okay. What's it, what was it called? I don't know. I don't remember what it's okay. called. But just, just type in Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman. It's wild. It okay. is absolutely insane. It's a match made in heaven. Okay, yeah. I didn't know Dennis Rodman was an actor at all. I didn't either. So this is just really... I didn't either until I saw that movie. Lots of breaking news today. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a great day. <laughs> it's a great day. <laughs> um... Did you watch games? You said you watched Game Seven, right? Of the Cavs game? Yeah. Yeah. The first NBA player in history to go through a seven-game series without having anyone else on his team score twenty or more points. What? And win it. What? LeBron. Ugh, he's incredible. I would. He's like, oh my gosh, he's insane. The more I like, the more I think about it, I feel like putting him and Westbrook on the same team would be just the best idea ever why i feel like both of them just want to bang their head against the wall the entire game because their teammates don't do anything so i, don't, I just want to see them play together i think it would be great but it would be awful did you see the stat line for the thunders game westbrook yeah yeah he had like 44 points or something so in 46 minutes he had 44 points yeah paul george in 45 minutes had five points and then Carmelo had like 11 with seven. How many shots did Westbrook take? He took so many. He's a joke. He, but 
you know, Georgia was like two for 19. So, I mean, I'd be taking those shots too if I figured, all right, this guy, we're paying him how much money? He can't make a basket. All I know is Westbrook makes his teammates worse. I agree. So putting him with LeBron would kind of cancel him out. Only if LeBron ran point. Yeah. If Westbrook's running point, he's not dishing it to the best player in the world. <laughs> just watching that game, there was like he would just literally dribble down 10 feet beyond the three yeah. and just put up a shot. It's Those sweet. are shots you don't need to take, but then he'll go and do some absolutely incredible drive to the basket, and you're just like, this guy's so good. Man. He's got two more years of, of peak athletic play, but yeah. he's the kind of guy his body's going to fail on him because he's all in every night. I agree. But putting him and LeBron together would be a disaster to me. It probably would, but I want to see it anyway. The uh, train wreck. <laughs> but, so, Cavs barely made it. Yeah. I think, I don't know, watching the Celtics-76ers game last night, I don't, it didn't look like the 76ers were going to be able to beat the Celtics. Yeah, they got smoked. They got absolutely smoked. I'm not really sure what happened. It just. I don't know what happened either. It was just like the Celtics started running away with it, and 76ers did not know how to come back. Embiid couldn't do anything. It was yeah. just. Honestly, I think if the Celtics win, the Cavs are going to go to the finals. I do too. Because I, the Celtics don't have anyone to beat the Cavs. They no. don't have anyone that can match up with LeBron at all. No. It, like, the Sixers will beat the Cavs. I think the Sixers... Mm, I don't want to say it, they probably would. There's no one helping LeBron. No. You put Simmons on LeBron, and then the rest of your roster takes over the Cavs easily. Um, so the Cavs play, I think, the Raptors? They'll play the Raptors, yep. they play the Raptors. Uh, with a deep bench. Yeah. And the Cavs so, are going to be worn out for their seven-game series, and they're going to get worn out in this series. With yeah, well, they played the Raptors a few weeks ago. That absolutely blew them out. Okay, that was when LeBron was like hitting his okay. I'm going to try regular season game stretch. Okay, and okay. they played them again right before the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure they got blown out. I see Toronto winning that series. I'm going to pick LeBron just because I don't think after going through a seven-game series against the Pacers, he's going to go out <laughs> and lose to the Raptors. I think he might be getting tired. Uh, he could very he well. He didn't be take a tired. minute off. No. Other than he had cramps. Yeah, he had cramps had to come out, and that's just not a good sign either. So, uh, someone's gonna have to step up for the Cavs, whether it's Kevin Love, Kyle Korver, Tristan Thompson resurrected one. himself. He's back. He's back. I don't know what on earth <laughs> happened, but I so I missed the first like five minutes of the first quarter. I walked in on the game. Yeah, and they're showing Tristan Thompson. I'm like, oh gosh, what do you do now? And so he's got 11 rebounds and six. He points. played like three minutes in the first six games or something like that. Oh yeah, and he was abysmal in them all. Did you see that Chris Jenner like made him put in, uh, like a million dollars or ten million dollars into a fund? No. Did you see that? I did not. I think a it's fun for what? I think it's real. I don't know if it's fake news or not, but apparently Chris Jenner went to Tristan Thompson and said, "If you leave Chloe and this baby, we will take like." She made him put ten million dollars into like an account. And make him made him like sign a contract that said like, if you cheat on her again or leave her, we get the ten million dollars. <laughs> like it was something like that. I don't know the details, but I'm pretty sure it was something like that. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. The, yeah, these ten million dollars are tying me to my marriage. That's that's <laughs> so dumb. Um, I don't think they're married. They're not married. No, I think they're just popping out babies. So basically, they're in a friends with benefits situation. Friends with babies. Friends with babies. Sorry. <laughs> And they have $10 million. That's just so dumb. Yeah. But maybe maybe it worked because he had a great game. Maybe he's got his head on right now. He loves his child. And he's going to play for him. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, 
I don't know. I think it's as good as theories. Eh? I still think Sixers are going to win that series. And I think the Raptors will win theirs. Okay. Well. I, I think the Sixers are going to the finals. I would like to see them play the Warriors. I think they probably would at least make it a few games interesting. I think Simmons could make it interesting. I do too. I think Embiid matching up against, I don't know, probably Durant for a yeah. little bit. Who are the Warriors going to put on Embiid? Draymond or... or uh, probably Draymond. JaVale? Maybe, actually. They'd probably have to put JaVale on. Yeah. And then put Draymond on Simmons? Or Clay on Simmons? They both have like just, Clay and yeah, just good enough starters where you're not really sure who's gonna match up against you. At least that's an interesting matchup. Yeah. If you get if you get Celtics Warriors, it's a four game series. If you get Cavs Warriors, LeBron might be able to win one in game three at home, but I think it's a five game series at best. Yeah, I do too. And I don't think the Rockets are beating the Warriors. I don't see it happening. I don't see it either. I think it's a five game or less. I series. have been waiting for James Harden to crash and burn. He hasn't done it yet. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. I don't know if it's Chris Paul propping him up, but it's it, like you can just feel like the meteor about to hit. <laughs> you just know it's coming. You don't know when. Tomorrow, maybe. But uh, I agree. So, how did the Packers draft turn out? I didn't see any other picks after. I think. Uh, all right, their third. So, all the draft guys, all the analysts, and I, I don't put much stock into this, but they're giving them everyone I've seen at least an A minus. Oh, that's good. So it's good. It also, those guys are always wrong, which makes me worried. Yes. But I think it was an amazing draft. Okay. I re- so came out and took Jair, Jair Alexander 14, or 18th overall after we right. traded back. We got a first-round pick next year, which is huge. Yeah. Huge, because next year's the pass rusher class, and we need we need one or two Who did you, you get that pick from? The Saints. The Saints. trade up for okay. Davenport. So it'll probably still be like a later on draft pick. So we dropped back four spots, took Jair, and we got a first round. Yeah. Then we took Josh Jackson second round. Yeah, that was a big steal. Which is a huge steal in all the mocks. I saw him going 14 yeah, he in was the first way round. Way up there. To us. And we got him at 45, I believe, in the second. That I think is a huge steal. Yeah. So our secondary right now is Kevin King, who looked good until he hurt his shoulder, but he got, he got surgery. He should be good now. He looked really solid. In like the first four or five games last year, Jair Alexander, little man with a lot of swagger. Yeah, he formed the tax boys because he makes people pay. <laughs> he's got a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of charisma, but he's a good guy. He's not going to be like a hothead. And then Josh Jackson, who I think is going to be like a solid, kind of like I don't I don't know who to compare him to, but I've heard a lot of like Josh Norman, Richard Sherman yeah, type, like, looks like big body kind of uh, zone. zone yeah. yeah. So we start off with those boys, then we hit Oren Burke's versatile like linebacker from Vanderbilt. He used to play safety for two years, and now he's playing linebacker inside. Ooh, I like that. I like it a lot. I don't like that. Because Patton, or I like to say Patine. Patine sounds cooler. Patine's way better. Yeah, apparently it's Patton, but yeah. that's that's dumb. Patine likes a versatile, multiple defense. He's going to be great in coverage. He's going to beef up a little bit. Then we went, I think my favorite, my... Probably my second favorite pick is our fourth rounder, Cole Madison. Or he might be a fifth rounder, I don't remember. Cole Madison, right tackle, Washington State. Okay. He's got hair down the, like his shoulders. Oh, I love this guy already. I'm telling you, he looks like he's built for the 10-degree games in January in Lambeau. 
<laughs> he is a clown. Like you know, you know, Bakhtiari's a total clown. Like, yeah. Like so much personality. He's a total fool. This guy fits right in. He said he hasn't got a haircut since the day before prom in high school. That's it's, it's insane. That's His right. hair is luscious. So the beat reporter for the Packers, Rob Domofsky, tweeted at Bakhtiari and said, yo, looks like you have some competition for best hair on the team. And he goes, what do you think about Cole Madison's hair? And Bakhtiari's like, uh, could use some conditioner and uh, split and uh, cut off the loose ends, but uh, we can work with it. We can work with it. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're going to be bros. He's going to be he's going to be an amazing fourth-round pick. Okay. And then, and then I think the cherry on top is uh, J.K. Scott. Yes, I agree. Who I think is going to be really good for like 15 years. This is the best punter I've ever seen in yeah. my life. I think he's going to be. We took him in the fifth round. I know. Oh, and then was, we got uh, Equinamius St. Brown. Yeah, I thought. In so, the sixth. I was so confused because all these mocks, like, that was a name that just kept popping up over and over again. So I was like, all right, this guy's going to, like, skyrocket on draft day. Yep. And then he didn't. Sixth round. And then he's there in the sixth and he goes to the Packers. That's, like, that's a really good steal. He's got his friend in, in Deshaun Kaiser on the roster. Yeah. So he's going to feel at home. I think I think you could start opposite Devontae. That's that's really big. Because we got Devontae Cobb, and then someone's got to win that third spot. I, I think it could be him. God, it's just so weird not like So, I really, really liked our draft class. We still need pass rusher. Jordy's a Raider. I forgot about that. Jordy's a Raider. I think he'll be back in two years. So, yeah. I think he'll be back. He, he's not going to like it there. Oh, their, no. Their no locker room's like a disaster. Martavis Bryant, Arden Key, okay. John Gruden. So... We'll go. We'll go Jets, and we'll go to the Raiders and the Seahawks. I know we both. Okay, yeah. About those. What are your thoughts on the uh, Jets class? So obviously the first pick was great. Darnold got to be good. Everything after that was severely underwhelming to me. Okay. Uh, we grabbed a defensive tackle, Nathan Shepard. I hadn't heard his name before. I didn't know who he was. Where's he from? He is from. So I'm just looking at this, and it says F F H S. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I'm sure he's going to be – he'll probably start just because we have no defensive line. We need a defensive tackle. We got one. Uh, Chris Herndon from Michigan, the Michigan tight end you haven't heard of. Okay. Uh, we got another corner, another defensive tackle named Foley Fotokazi. Fotokazi okay. from Yukon. <laughs> I don't know. He sounded cool. He sounds like a jet name. We always have these yeah, weird yeah. defensive tackle names. Uh, yeah. He's next in line. Okay. And then Trent Cannon from uh, his running back from VSU, which could be any number of VSU V colleges from Villanova, Virginia, Virginia, uh, Valdosta State. Oh, I think that's it. I don't know. Not a fan. Uh, he I just saw a picture of him. He's one of those quick shifty guys. That's okay. basically every single guy we have on the roster right now. <laughs> so underwhelming. Uh, but none of it matters if Darnold's a starting quarterback. If Darnold's fine, it, it's it, it makes yeah. the draft great. And I, I bet that D tackle will be solid. Um, because you guys still have uh, no, you lost you lost Richardson and Wilkerson. Yeah, but we also we traded uh one of our seventh round picks for defensive end Harry Anderson Who? from Indianapolis. Who? So if the Colts are trading us a defensive end, that just kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. That's uh. That's okay. I haven't heard of any of those guys. It I seems underwhelming either. to me, too. 
But, you know, sometimes those are the best classes. Yeah. I mean, I mean you never really know. I, I like Bowles picking these defensive tackle guys because that's kind of his thing. Yeah, he'll, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. As long as Darnold turns out, though. Yeah, if like Darnold's our starting quarterback for the next 15 years, we got to win out yeah. this class. And the other thing is, like, if Darnold can at least turn the momentum, like, free agents will come. You'll start getting some respect from the media. Like, like sometimes you just need, like, a mindset change. Yeah. And Darnold could give you that for the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, okay, so tell me about tell me what you think about the Seahawks. I, like they have got to be a complete organizational collapse. So yep. Right, I first totally off, agree. there was the whole draft buildup. You know, Sherman was saying all this stuff about Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was like, these guys weren't real football players. They didn't want to play here. There was everything on draft day talking about. Uh, the Cowboys getting Earl Thomas, yep. which you know when they're trying to trade their best defensive player still, yep. it's got to be that. Something's seriously wrong in that locker room. And then their first-round pick is a running back no one's heard of who most guys had going day three or day four. Absurd. Worst pick of the draft. Worst pick of the draft. And then you get into their actual draft, and they don't take an offensive lineman until the sixth round. They traded up for a punter trade up before for a punter. they took an offensive line. If I'm Russell Wilson, I'm I'm going to play baseball. I'm not going to sit there <laughs> and because you have to run from now. You're running from the Rams and the Dominican Sioux, Aaron Donald. Yep. Twice a year, the Cardinals still have a really good defensive line. Yep. And the Niners are just like you just know they're a team that's going to be better on deep, like completely overall than they were last year. Yep. You have probably the hardest division of football, and you're not getting any help from anybody. The Seahawks are built on emotion and, and passion. And the second that disappears, the second the flame goes out, it just crumbles. Yeah. Like Pete Carroll, I, he really is – he's like built for college. He really is. Because you get, you get guys in there for four years max. You get them all excited, and then you get them out of there. But I think after a while, the, the emotional, the, the feel-good stories wear on people. Like, like, if you give players too much, like, room to speak their voice and, like, it's very, it's a very liberal environment in that locker room, I get the sense. And I think aware, like, you need some structure. There's that. You need some rules. There's that whole thing with, it was like back in the Seahawks on their first Super Bowl, how Russell Wilson, you know, he wasn't like, there was like a divine locker room. Yeah. He wasn't like a black player. To the it's black very, players. very, like, there's a lot of social, like, issues going on there. It doesn't seem like the offense and defense like each other. They don't. Yeah, that whole article came out. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a Richard Sherman fan, but you got him speaking his mind about where the NFL is going. You used to have Michael Bennett sitting there with his whole social justice thing going on. It, it's you had Golden Tate cheating with Russell Wilson's wife. Remember that? They sent him out of there. Yeah. It's there's just a lot of big personalities in there, and they tend to butt heads. And Pete Carroll. He lets them. His whole thing is he lets them flourish and say what they want and do whatever they they please. And I think it comes back to bite him after a couple of years because it just wears on you. Where in college he could get those guys out of there, but in in the NFL he probably had four or five years of a great run and then it kind of collapsed on him. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Like ever since he had that really good like draft class where he got Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman and then he got Cam the next year. Yep. There hasn't been, like, a standout Seahawks pick to me. No, there hasn't. It, it's been a lot of 
like cocky picks. Like, yeah. oh, I know better than everyone else. I'll go draft. I'll go draft Rashad Penny in the first round because I know better than everyone else. John Schneider's really coming off as a fool. Their GM is yeah. Like, I, okay, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. All right, so you, you don't have an offensive line. I I would argue Russell Wilson's the, the third best quarterback in the football in in the league. Yeah, I agree. I think he's incredible, and that's with no talent around him. He's throwing a Doug Baldwin, who's like 5'11", max. He has no offensive line. His left tackle didn't even, wasn't even in the league last year. Like, they, they brought him off the streets. They have no, like, he does so much with so little. He has nothing. And nothing, nothing, nothing. They have no run game anymore. They have no run game because they have no O-line. Like, you watched them play last year. Their entire run game is Russell Wilson throwing two and three yard passes to his tight ends and receivers because they can't yeah. run the football. So they're just kind of pretending they can't. If I'm the Seahawks, I spend two pretty high picks on offensive linemen. I signed a lot of undrafted linemen, but I draft at least two relatively high because that's my highest priority. And they didn't do that. No. Instead, what do you do? You trade up for a punter. You trade up for a punter. And you take a guy with one hand. Which is fine. I think he'll be good. Forgot about that too. I think he'll be good. I do too. You just play him but what is his left hand? I think. Yeah, you play him on the right side. You play him on the right side. I think he'll be fine. But it's just like the feel-good, yeah. emotional decision-making. I know better than everyone else. We're a liberal organization who's going to let people speak their minds. We're going to do what we want. We're not going to follow the rules. And I think it's going back to bite them. I think Russell Wilson looks for a way out after this year. And once he leaves, they're yeah. going to be the next Browns until he ready to Pete Carroll. The, Pete Carroll, it's time, it's time for him to go. He needs to go. Yeah. And he needs to take his stupid gum with him. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders. All right. Because I'm not entirely sure John Gruden wasn't drunk while he was drafting. Let's so <laughs> so you got. How do you say that? So we get to their first round pick. They trade they trade back a little bit, which is fine. Right. Uh, and then the Niners took because I think they wanted that, they wanted McGlinchey. The Niners took him, so like all right, let's just trade back. And they traded back just to take the second best I guess tackle they had on the. Because right. it wasn't exciting. They need a lot of other players. Yeah. I think it's fine. I feel like you're going to get I'm like fine guy. with the left tackle pick. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Uh, and it came out they also traded for Martavis Bryant. Which is a boneheaded move. What has he done the last three years? Uh, complained. Gotten benched. Complained. Gotten benched. Over pot, and over and over again. Pot charges. Pot charges. Uh, he had that one really cool catch like two years ago where yeah. he flipped around. Yeah. That's the only highlight I can really remember. Okay. So he's living off three years ago. And he's a total head case and has character issues. Yeah, so th- there's that. Yep. Um, it's a good defensive line on their second pick, which is fine. They took another offensive tackle with their third-round pick, uh, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then Arden Key. Arden Key. You can call this a steal in the third round if you want because he could have been, I think, probably a top-15 player if he didn't have all the issues that he had. He has, I believe, drug charges. Drug charges. And... The question of his want to play. Yes, which seemed like the biggest issue to a lot of coaches yeah. over the drug charges. Yeah. Um, I don't really understand John Gruden's philosophy because he's always seemed like, oh, I'm a football guy. And then he's going and taking pretty much every player that no other team wants. He, John Gruden is a fool. He's a fool. He's all about entertainment value. I'm really starting to buy into that. He is. He's a... Did, I, I saw a clip the other day, actually, where he's, it's the, I think it was 2012 when Manziel came out, I believe. Yeah. And he, 
ESPN. He was on the ESPN booth with Mel Kuyper and uh, Chris Berman. He was doing draft night, and he was one of the panelists. And he's sitting there with his dumb voice. Ah, and the Eagles are on the clock, and he just starts going off. He's like, I really see Manziel fitting in there with Andy Reid. Andy, and he, he just goes on that all this garbage. He goes on for like oh, two man. minutes, and then Mel Kuyper's like. That makes zero sense for anyone that you just mentioned. And John's like, he like pauses and he's like, well, what are you talking about, Mel? He's like, that makes zero sense. You don't know what you're talking about. And Gruden's like, you don't know Andy Reid like I do. And then I was like, what? Is <laughs> he's all talk. He has no substance. You you knew it in the, in the broadcast booth on ESPN. He was the most annoying broadcaster I've ever heard with his Cam Newton. He, that guy's a luxury vehicle. <laughs> And all like these dumb sayings, like, "Dude, you're a fool." He, they, dude, a f- he signed what a five-year, hundred million-dollar deal. Oh yeah. The Raiders continue to be the Raiders. I think they're like, we're in Vegas now. All right, let's spin the wheel. Let's yeah, exactly. Let's grab Gruden. <laughs> let's grab Gruden. Let's get flashy again. Let's go Al Davis. We'll only draft speed. We don't want hands. We don't want character. We just want fast guys, flashy players, yeah. and gold chain necklaces. So I think I said I was on board very early, off the board now. Thank you. They might be marginally better than they were last year, just out of sheer luck. But I, I don't think they're, like they're, Raiders fans yeah. should be scared out of their mind because it's going to be a downhill downhill ride from here on out. Uh, I think I'm telling you, I think Jordy's going to hate it. Oh yeah, I really. He does not seem like a John Gruden type player. He's not going to look good in black and white. That either. It's just going to look. He's going to look weird. Um, so their fourth round pick, they grabbed Nick Nelson, who was part of that really good uh, Kevin King, and I forgot the other corner's name from Washington. Uh, Trufant, Peters. No, it was Kevin King and this other guy. Okay. They both came out last year. Uh, and then Nick Nelson was the third guy who took over for them once they left. Okay. So he was really good. Had a torn meniscus. That's what he's coming off of. Okay. So they grabbed him in the fourth round. Their fifth round, they grabbed Maurice Hurst, who up until the combine was projected to be in the first round. Right. And then he had his heart issue. Yep. So Gruden took him. Which is just kind of strange. Another flashy Another, pick. yeah. Another pick for the media. Uh, they grabbed Florida's punter, and then some no-name defensive tackle. And then on all that, you have Derek Carr and his total gradual decline into becoming his older brother. Not to mention they still have Marshawn Lynch on their roster. Oh, great. Oh, good, yeah. Because he still has game. So I feel like all that's going to happen this year is you're going to hear about Marshawn Lynch and Martavis Bryant just smoking pot together. Do, do they still have Alden Smith? No, no, no. He's fine. He had another weapons charge. Like he was on the Raiders, though. Right? He was. He's like, gone. So I, I saw something that John Gruden said he wants to play football like it's 1990. He is. Or 1980 or something. I think he's following that philosophy completely. And I'm just saying. I think he said 1990 because I was like, all right, that's great. So your coach, right around the 1990s, uh, into the 2000s. You step away from the game for like 10, 12 years. Then you go back and you want to play that football from back then. It doesn't work like that. The game evolves. He wants, he wants to be this hard-nosed, I am John Gruden guy, and he's a fool. Yep. He's stuck in the past on his one Super Bowl win with the Buccaneers when he played, uh, I believe Rich Gannon was the Raiders quarterback that he beat in that game. It was and I'm just like, come on. Is that even, does that even count? It, it's silly. 
I can't stand him. I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to watch him play, though. Like, I just want to <laughs> see how all of this meshes together on the field. I, I, I would say the over/under on wins this year for the Raiders is six. That's exactly what I was going to say. Six. Six and ten. Because maybe five and eleven. Watch out for the Chargers this year. Yep. I think the they, defense. They loaded up on defense. They're going to be very, very good. Um, their defense was already sweet, and then they added uh, Derwin. Yeah. And and they continue to pick defense in the second and third round. They had Derwin. They got a really good corner in the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're going to be very, very good this year. If the Broncos, if Case Keenum doesn't come out, and, I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot to live up to from last year. But right. he has to play well, or the Broncos are going to be back where they were, yep. third, fourth by the mob in the division. Uh, I, I think the Chargers are going to be my sleeper for the AFC because they look very, very good. They look good at the end of last year. Remember, they got they hot. Did. If they'd made the playoffs, it might have been a different story for a lot of those people. And, and Melvin looks good. Melvin looks good. Hunter Henry had an article like he's ready to play this year. They finally year. got rid of Gates, which I think was needed. I did, I did too. He, he was holding on to his San Diego legacy that kept giving him the starting job, I think. It was time for him to go. Uh but I think they won like seven of eight down the stretch last year yeah. or something like if that. If Mike Williams can actually become a true number one receiver, yeah. they might have the best offensive football again. Yeah. Uh, Even though I'm not a Phillip Rivers guy. But, uh, okay. Um, are you? Hey. Are we good with the draft? Yeah, good with the draft. Have we broken it down? Okay. I think so. You're not going to hear a better breakdown on that. <laughs> I saw a movie last night. What was the movie? It's called The Change-Up. Let's hear it. So, I think I told you this, but I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm like on a rom-com spree. Yes. And I'm trying There's to watch no better spree to be on. I'm trying to watch all the classic, like, mid-2000s rom-coms. Okay. So I go with The Change-Up, Jason Bateman, who I <laughs> absolutely love. Every movie it's he's such ever such a strange been. rom-com for Jason Bateman. Like, it just doesn't seem like he's a rom-com Every guy. movie he's ever been in. I love. He is so funny to me. He is so funny to me. Then you had uh, Ryan Reynolds. Great. Just yeah. Great. Leslie Mann, who's fantastic in these movies too. I'm a big fan of her. You a fan of her? I'm not sure. What else has she been in? She's been. She was the mom in Seventeen again. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Huge fan good. of her. Pretty good. She was also in Blockers. Haven't seen that recently, and she's good in that. Uh, and then uh, Olivia Wilde. Great. Who was beautiful in this movie. It was a classic 7 out of 10. Very enjoyable. A little raunchy, but not too bad. It's a touch. And Bateman, I'm telling you, Bateman's sarcasm has made a career for him. He's the best sarcastic person in the world. I agree. It's so, like, he plays the same character every time, but it's great. So the premise of the movie is Bateman is a lawyer. He's, a, he's really smart. But he's consumed by his work, and he hates, like, the suburbia life. He's married to Leslie Mann. He's got a couple babies. It almost sounds like the beginning of Hancock. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got Ryan Reynolds, who's, like, a pot smoker. He's 30 years old, doesn't work. Still sounds like being a Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> so they both wish that they had each other's lives. Okay. Because Ryan Reynolds has no structure, he has no goals, and his dad is always calling him a loser and a quitter. But Bateman's like, I work too much. I want to just hang out and have fun. Okay. So they're peeing in this fountain. And they oh look. my gosh, I might have seen this. They're this just sounds familiar. They're peeing in this fountain at the same time they say, I wish I had your life. They switch places like Freaky Friday. Okay. So the rest of the movie goes on like this. And then they realize at the end, I love my life. I love my wife. I love my kids. 
and all this stuff with a bunch of stupid jokes along the way. It was great. I think you'd like it. <laughs> I probably would. This this is, it's a, hard not to like any rom-com, basically. It's a 7 out of 10, maybe a 6.5 out of 10 rom-com. Okay. So uh, I, I would recommend it. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> um, I have, have... Have we talked about Infinity War? Do you want to talk about it? Have we? I don't think we have. I haven't seen it, but if you if you want to talk about it, we could. I loved it. Okay. Like, there's just something so satisfying about seeing 10 years of work actually pay off in a movie. So you think it was worth it? Oh, I definitely think it was worth it. Especially, like, if you love the movies, you're going to love it. Because pretty much, if you love any of the movies, you're going to love all the movies. Yeah. But uh, there is just so much emotional payoff in this movie. You see all really? these storylines finally come together. And then once it ends, you're just, you can't wait for the next one. I don't want to give away too much because I don't want to spoil it because, I mean, it came out like a week ago. Okay, fair enough. So, but I think, I don't remember, you said you would go, like, you gave it like an, in like an 8.4. So, my bet with Arnov is that in the end it's going to end up at an 8.4 on IMDb. Right now it's at a 9 with like 170,000 votes. It's not that good. It's at a 9.0 right now yeah. on IMDb. It is right now the third best movie of all time, behind Shawshank and Godfather. Yeah, no, it's That's not that. silly to me. No. I think, I wouldn't even, like, I'd give it maybe an eight. Like, the thing like that made that. it so much better was, you know, how much build-up it was to this movie. Okay. Like, if you have any movie ten years of build-up, once it happens, it's going to, like, oh, this is great. Right. Uh, its biggest weakness was how many characters it had. Okay. And there were just so many storylines that it was kind of hard to focus on any one of them. Okay. And the ones they did focus on, like, there was a lot between, because, you know, Thanos is coming through Vision's little Infinity Stone in his head. I, I don't know who Vision is. Okay. Well, he's got an Infinity Stone in his head. It just, he, like, I, no one cared. They gave too much screen time to Vision. It just, there was is so Vision many, a superhero? Yeah, supposedly. Which, another thing in the movie is he did not act like it. Who who plays him? Paul Bettany. Like, you, you know the voice, uh, Jarvis? Paul Bettany is that voice. Jarvis? Like in Iron Man. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, Paul Bettany is that voice. Uh, and then in Avengers 2, they take Jarvis and they make him into Ultron. And then at the end, yeah. I. It doesn't matter. Okay. I, I still enjoyed it. All right, so you say it's, 8. It's, yeah, I think I have a I good chance eight. of winning my bet of 8.4. I do. So it's I think good. it might take like a few months. Yeah, maybe, but yeah, yeah. I think it'll take a few months too. My brother... He's all in on the IMDb stuff and, and his rankings and yeah, stuff. And yeah, He told me that his claim is that, like, the top 1,000 IMDb reviewers, like, there's there's better reviewers than others on IMDb. Right. And they're the top 1,000 reviewers. He claims that, like, what they collectively rate a movie is normally where it ends up. And they collectively right now have it, like, an 8.2 or something. That's accurate. Yeah. So I'm pretty confident it's going to come down still, even though there's 170,000 votes at a 9.0. So the weighted average is... You might be going against the majority here. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little worried about it. I think I'm okay, though, in like maybe six months from now. Yeah, I think you're fine. So we'll see. Um, so hypotheticals. Yeah, yeah, Okay, let's... Yeah, hit me with the hypotheticals. All right, so... You're on a street, and this magician approaches you. And this guy can do five tricks. He can, you know, uh, make a coin disappear. Okay. He can shuffle a deck and randomly pull your card out. 
you can turn an ace of spades into a jack of clubs. But the thing is, he can literally do all those with magic. Okay. He is an like those five tricks, he can do magic. Okay. Is this person more important or cooler than Thomas Edison? Is this actual person who can perform magic cooler than Thomas Edison? Yes. Huh. I would say... Is he cooler than him or more important? I can't remember the way the question actually phrased it, but I'm just going to say he's definitely cooler. I think he's definitely cooler. Probably not as important. Because cooler, (laughs) to me, means like unique... Yeah. And there's no one, like, someone else could have made a light bulb. That's true. No one else could like, actually do magic. If you told me, say, Thomas Edison never existed, I feel like somebody would have done some of the stuff that he It did. was coming. He yeah. probably had to get his ideas from someone. Like, Tesla or someone. Yeah. I would say that the mag- magician is cooler. I'm trying to think of, can he do other magic outside of his <laughs> no, tricks? No, just those five tricks. His tricks? That, I think he's cooler, but he's not as important. Okay. That's fair. Um, next one. So, researchers at John Hopkins have finally created a gorilla that has some form of more sentient intelligence, closer yeah. to human than anything else. And this gorilla becomes fascinated with the NFL. <laughs> he just loves everything about the sport. John Gruden's his favorite coach. And so, he wants... John Gruden. So, he can't be that sentient. So he wants to play football. Uh, analysts look at him. They watch. He, he's been watching the tape. He puts on a little combine. They're looking at him. They think he can average maybe five sacks a game. And he <laughs> says he's going to do his absolute best not to hurt anybody. And they think he would be really good against the run, but probably susceptible to like counters or trick Draws. plays, diversions, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So you're the GM. Or, I'm sorry. You're the you're Goodell. Yeah. Do you let him play? Do I let the gorilla in the league? Yeah. <laughs> in this scenario, dude. <laughs> I would say I'm not letting him in the league unless it's legally required of me to not discriminate against animals. <laughs> because that would be a PR nightmare and PETA would come after me. Ah, no. But I don't think it's illegal to discriminate against an animal. Okay. You're thinking about this way too hard. Do you let a gorilla play football? Yes. No. It's not, Alex, it's not even an option. Do you let a gorilla play football? Yes. No. You would not let a gorilla play football? Are you kidding me? I would not let a gorilla into my league. Why not? Because then there's... That would be so cool. Yeah, but then where does it stop? I don't know. Because then, oh, there's one girl out there, and, you know, someone's making money off his salary... So you're going to get another research team coming around that's going to make another one that's even smarter, even bigger, even stronger. He will pick up on the <laughs> trick plays. He'll be smarter than them. And he'll get a max contract. And now now the game's getting taken up by gorillas because they're naturally stronger than humans. You Think see, about the injuries. This gorilla lining up at left end. No. Could you imagine the ratings, though? <laughs> People tuning in just to see a gorilla play football would oh, be great. Oh, gosh. In the short term, sure, the ratings would be great. In the long term, the game is ruined. It is okay. now taken over by gorillas. Well, you're objectively wrong about that. And the but... animal rights people come after me, and it's a disaster. you got to shut it down. <laughs> you got to shut it down. Um, 
Okay. Last one I remember. So, you have two options here. Uh-huh. Right? The first option is you are given a box that has a turtle in it. It's a little, it's a normal turtle. And you have to take care of this turtle for two years straight, make sure, you know, it doesn't die, it's got food, water, yeah. all the stuff. You can't let the turtle get within more than, like, 15 feet of you. It's always got to be around your vicinity. Okay. And you get, I think it was, like, $50 a month for that turtle. I get $50 a month to keep this turtle within 15 feet of me. Yes. Okay. Uh, the other option is, you know, your house, your apartment, whatever. You have to display the skull of Adolf Hitler in a <laughs> prominent location, but, like, neutrally display it. You can't, like, hang a bunch of Nazi flags or say a sign that's like, I'm not a Nazi. But people, like, are going to know it's Adolf Hitler's skull. And they'll have to interpret it why it's there. Yes. And that has to be in your house for also two years. And at the end of those two years, you get $1,000. Which option do you pick? $1,000 after about 700 days. And how much am I getting with the turtle? $50 a month for two years. So it's about the same money. Pretty much. But the turtle's a little more probably. Maybe. You gotta keep so, it 15 feet of you wherever you go. So the money cancels out to me. Okay. I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm going with the Hitler skull. Thank you. You I'm always going, go with the Hitler I'm skull. I'm going with the Hitler skull. <laughs> mainly because. Mainly because, firstly, the turtle would be so annoying. Like, imagine going on a date. It'd be the worst. She's got her dog, you've got your turtle. Like, come on. <laughs> if a girl brings a turtle on a date, is that a good sign or a bad sign? And you know, like, the turtle's just going to ruin your chances. Like, you, there are important, like, you go to a job interview, and you have to bring this turtle. So the turtle. And they'd be like, oh, what is this? Oh, well, this is a metaphor. I like to work slowly. Dude, this or the Hitler skull. Slowly and thoroughly. <laughs> the turtle will get annoying. And the other thing with the Hitler thing is, A, I think it'd be cool. Thank you. Like, it would be kind of cool. Like that. I mean, you you are in possession of one of the, like most like one of the most unique historical artifacts. Yes. In the history of the world, and I don't think anyone's gonna think you're a Nazi. Probably it's, not. Like especially when you say, "Oh yeah, I, I you know I'm not a Nazi." You, you can't. I mean, you can't put a sign up on the wall like you said. But can you still can you still argue that you're not to your friends? I guess so. I mean, I feel like you should be able to. Yeah. I'm going with the skull. Yeah. So there were two big reasons for me. The first one was that is such a great conversation starter. That's so true. What's Hitler's skull doing there? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Uh, And the second is it's a really good idea to weed out which of your friends are Nazis. You have (laughs) a big house party. They see Hitler's skull. Do they salute? It's a good indicator. So, you know, you get to figure out which which way to cut ties. Um, I like it. I like it. Okay. Here's a, here's a hypothetical okay. for you. You're on an island. The human population has just been hit with an asteroid. It's a lot They're, of those going around today. Yep. They're all dead. Season four has begun. <laughs> Everyone's dead but you. Okay. You get to pick three people. Real, fake, dead, or alive. To help repopulate the earth with you. On this island. Who are you picking and why? Okay, okay. 
so right now. <laughs> so <laughs> just because so, I went and saw Avengers Infinity War in theaters. Okay. And they had the Han Solo trailer up on the big screen. Yep. And I've, I can't remember if I've talked to you about this, but I've been a little nervous about it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. just watching the trailer on the big screen, it kind of just alleviates a lot of your fears. But because yeah. Amelia Clark looked great in that trailer. She's unbelievable. And that led to watching a bunch of Amelia Clark interviews. And I think right now she's taken over my celebrity crush from Daisy Ridley. She's, still she's my number out. one girl in the world. Yeah. So she's beautiful. I'm going to curse her and put her on the island with me. I I could <laughs> not agree more. Um. Okay. Now, you got to think about this also, like, genetically. I right. think, like, my argument is you you need two girls and, two and one guy. Yeah. Because then you have two girls, two guys. And, like, if you only had one girl, you'd get some weird things going on with chromosomes a generation or two beneath you. I think you have a better chance of well, diversifying. Dead, though. It's true, but, <laughs> but then you have the entire weight of not populating the world on your, on your conscious. Sure. Okay. I think for genetic diversity, you need two women and two guys. Clooney. I don't know why. I just feel like, you know, like okay. wouldn't you want a lot of guys in the world to be modeled after Clooney? Yes, it'd be great, like physically wise. Okay. Is he bringing any skills to the table? Good point. I don't know this anything is, about surviving. This is Let me take that back. Game. I don't uh, think Clooney. I don't think Clooney knows anything more about me than surviving also he's kind of getting up there i don't want to have to take care of him yeah and ideally he produces like 10 or 15 kids just for genetic diversity so is my only option bear grills <laughs> like i'm trying to think of someone else that would actually know it's what a to real do. good it's option a real good option he's british is he british i think i think he's british i guess i'm going bear okay i don't know Bear and is there any wilderness survival women? Is there like a show like Bear Grylls, but she's a woman? I don't know of one. I don't know of one either. But there's got to be someone out there though. Uh, do I curse Daily Ridley too? Let's put them both on there. <laughs> I feel kind of bad. You could pick Ray. I could pick Ray. Then you'd have a lightsaber. That's true. I forgot about the whole fictional thing. Yeah, let's put Ray on there. Yeah, right, that's so right. You've got so Ray, Amelia Clark. I'll even one out this. We'll take whatever character Amelia Clark is from Khaleesi. Ooh. Khaleesi, Ray, and Bear Grylls. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay. That works out. I feel like they would probably know what to do more than Bear Grylls, but honestly, so I'm feeling pretty safe. So I'm thinking I would go FDR to be our leader. He's going to be he's in a wheelchair. No, I want him before he's in the wheelchair, in his prime, when he's like 30. Okay. He's going to be our leader through the tough time. All right, sure. I'm picking, I, I'm, pleased. You gonna, yeah. I'm picking Elaine from Seinfeld to, to procreate with me and to, to provide comedic relief when times get tough. She's going to hate everybody. She'll love me. Oh, okay. She'll love you. Sorry. I'll be her Jerry. Sure. And then my fourth one... It's either like it's either Ray, Khaleesi, like you said, but I think 
a more resourceful, smart one would be Hermione. Probably. She has magic, so it kind of helps out. She could make food for us, probably. Or you can't make food. It's part of the, the, the seventh law. You can't make food? You can take the ingredients and make food, but you can't like produce food up in there. Really? Yeah. I've never read the that. books. There's a big thing in the books about it in the seventh book. Really? Because Ryan gets mad. Yeah. So... But, I mean, if she knows how to, like, if you have, like, coconuts and fish and stuff, maybe she can make she something could, for you. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I'm still going to go with her. I think she's so smart not to take her. I agree. So I'm going Hermione, Elaine, FDR. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. Those are my choices. <laughs> See, like... This goes back to the whole thing. I don't see how you open up a conversation with this. Like, <laughs> it doesn't just, like, I, I wouldn't I would know what to do. I think this is a perfect first date question. I, th- I think it's a good first date question. Because you really get to know someone's personality, I think, with the people they pick. That's true. I don't think it's a good uh, on-the-street cold opener. It's not a cold open. It's, like, back end of the first date, opener of the second date. Okay. Like you're keeping things light, you're keeping things loose. You tease her a little bit about her selections. I don't know. It gives you some material to work with, also, because now you've got three people that you could like go a co- like follow a conversation down. That's fair. Like if she pick Hermione, I'd be like, oh, Harry Potter, boom, let's talk about that for an hour. Okay. Or if she'd pick Ray, like or whoever you pick, Khaleesi. Oh, let's talk about Game of Thrones for two hours. Bang, bang, <laughs> two bang. hours. I th- I really do. I think it's a good first date question. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Adios, guys.